It's a high drive center field. Beerling spread. This game is turned upside down. Pujols into the air. It's deep to left. Taylor's back at the wall. It's 700. Hello and welcome to Swing for Contact Baseball. It is February 22nd. It is episode five. I'm joined my two Rangers colleagues above my head, and we are talking about the Astros and Rangers deep dive 2023 projections. Uh, first on the docket, your World Series defending champions, Houston Astros, had 106 wins last year and 56 losses with a run differential of plus 219. The friendly confines of Minute Maid Park. Gave them a 55 to 26 edge while they were 51 and 30 on the road. Uh, their hitting ranks, for the most part, were in the top 10. Starting pitcher ranks, uh, really kind of in the top five. And that bullpen really kind of sealed the deal late in the year. Uh, coming off of last year's season, what is the initial thoughts from last year to this year for you guys with Houston? Uh, do you Houston? Oh, oh, my bad. Uh, Houston kind of turned one of their biggest weaknesses. I think uh, they turned it into one of the biggest strengths. Uh, that that year uh, against the Braves, whenever they they ended up losing the World Series, Braves had a really good bullpen, and you saw that come into play. You saw them winning games because of that bullpen. I don't think Houston had like you know they didn't have as scary of a bullpen. They went and they they have beef that up and now that's one of their biggest strengths right now i believe and you're seeing a lot of teams start to copy it uh for sure sophomore year for pina coming up gotta gotta worry about the sophomore slump i I think it's a little over exaggerated i don't think it's like as big as people see it because usually sophomore year if they played a lot during their their first year that they're gonna see some injury they're gonna miss a couple games uh I'm an Astros fan. I really love this team. Only two weaknesses, I think. Uh, can definitely see them in the World Series again next year. I'll let you go for it now. Uh, yeah, you pretty you pretty much hit it on the head. Um, this team is really, really good. Even despite losing maybe the best pitcher on the team, still, just you, you're, they're so good. Um, I think we were talking the center field and catcher spot. Were there your two weaknesses, Aiden, right? Yeah. Everything else, if you look at their lineup right now, everything else is completely almost perfect. And I feel like this team has the perfect formula to go back-to-back this year. Um, when you have your starting pitcher ranks in the top five and you have your relief pitching ranks mostly in the top five, you're going to have success, obviously. And the bats in Houston, I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. Um, and adding a Brayu to fill that Guriel spot. Um, I think you get a lot of production out of him this year with that, too. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I see the, the Astros, if, if they don't win the World Series, I see them making a deep run for it, at least. I'm pretty much on the same page. Looking at their roster losses coming off the year, um, you know, you guys alluded to losing Justin Verlander, which, you know, anytime you lose a Cy Young award winner, it's like, oh, okay, this is going to be a, this could be a problem. Um, maybe not. And then some trade um deadline acquisitions, Christian Vasquez behind the plate, gone, who caught the the no no in the World Series. 
Uh, Trey Mancini, who had a pretty bad playoff, but stepped in when Yuli got hurt in the World Series, got a, a sack fly, play, made a really great play at first base in that last game in Philadelphia. Uh, and then left-handed pitching Will Smith out of the bullpen, who came from that Braves bullpen over to Houston in the Jake Odorizzi trade. So all three of the trade deadline moves are out. Um, other guys that are gone, Aledmus Diaz, who is that kind of perfect Swiss Army Knife utility player, he's gone. Um, Nico Goodrum, who, who they signed as like a a really kind of late acquisition, I think, last year. Um, never really caught on. Uh, I think he was actually kind of released in the middle of the year. Yuli Gurriel still kind of out there in free agent limbo. Not sure where that's going to land just yet. Uh, pitchers Josh James, uh, Flames James is gone. Jason Castro retired. Uh, glad to bring him back last year, and he retires an Astro following a knee surgery. And then first base prospect Taylor Jones, I think just signed a, a deal with the Angels. So he's on their 40-man now, so good for them. Uh, it, it's kind of crazy because like there's no one to really add. You know, They, they re-signed Montero, and they re-signed Brantley, and then they brought in Abreu. And that's the only move that they really had to make. So you're basically just returning the same team and then you're just plugging it in with some more young guys around uh looking at free agents that could go out the door this this year michael brantley's on uh, on the one-year deal martin maldonado's in his last contract season uh ryan stanick is a potential free agent phil maton of the bullpen's a potential free agent and then hector Narius has a club option at the end of the year uh the core, the guys that are still going to be around for a little while, Jordan's locked up to 2029, 20, Javier, 28, McCullers is still in the books until 27, Jose Abreu for the next three years, Romer Valdez for the next three years, and Kyle Tucker for the next three years. Um, so I do, have, I, I do have something to say with Kyle Tucker. What are, what are you thinking? Because I could definitely see him testing free agency out. Uh, I don't know. I don't know like what his thoughts are on staying in Houston, but I I could see him testing it out. Do you think that the Astros are going to be willing to pay him what he's going to want? I know Dana he's going to want it. He's going to want to get paid. Oh yeah, and he'll he'll get one no matter where he goes. I think I know Dana Brown is has like he's mentioned Kyle Tucker by name as a guy that he's actively pursuing and and pursuing pretty mm-hmm. hard. Uh, you know when he first got hired, he kind of name dropped Tucker, Javier, and Fromber. And so, like, he went out and got the Javier deal done in, like, two weeks. And yeah. uh, I'm pretty sure Tucker's on his next to-do. to-do list. So, okay. uh, you know, coming back-to-back 30-30 season, like, he could have a 30-30 season, back-to-back 30 home run seasons for him. Mm-hmm. Um, All-star, gold glove. Like, he's going to command a payday pretty much anywhere he goes, I think. But it'd be great if we could lock him up for a while because he's going into his age 26 season, still has plenty of years oh, to of be he's really good. A lot younger than I thought. Uh, yeah, be- between him, him and Jordan are basically the same age. And so, uh, on the 40 man, uh, you know, you lose Verlander, but you bring in baby Verlander, uh, who got some call up time last year. Hunter Brown, uh, is kind of turning some heads last year, and then got some playoff run. He actually went from like nowhere near the the top fifty prospects to now he's the Astros number one prospect in the organization and a number forty three in Major League Baseball. Which anytime you make your debut, you typically go down. So I think he even would have been higher if he didn't get called up, which is kind of weird. Um, we'll see how he does. 
then there's a handful of other guys that could get some action on the 40 man, but I think this team is pretty much set in stone. Um, looking at the depth chart, you know, you got Maldonado, which there's no secret that he's probably the weakest bat of the group. He's got the good uh, defense. So. He's got, yeah, what he brings behind the plate and being able to, to catch a no-no in Yankee Stadium and, and gun guys out at second. You know, a lot of people didn't re- realize this, but he's played basically that last half that season on like a, with, I think, a broken hand and then a hamstring injury, and he just played through it, um, which is kind of crazy. But he had a uh, a very nice 69 OPS plus last year, which is uh, not very good. <laughs> but uh, you take whatever he gives you offensively as gravy. I mean, basically, he's the, the rally starter in that Game 6 World Series game because he got hit on the elbow with Wheeler. He, he moved up in the box and then, like, just played – on top of the black, basically, and got on base and started that that three run rally that led to the Gordon bomb. So, whatever he gives you offensively, you take. But they've got two catchers behind him. Corey Lee came up, um, kind of middle of the year last year, I think, and saw some run. Um, and then there's a, another prospect, uh, Yanier Diaz, who could see some time behind the play. They're those are their three catchers, and I think Maldonado is probably in his last year this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, whoever between those two young guys kind of takes the reins will become the starting catcher moving forward. So it'll be curious to see if any, if either one of them can duplicate his glove work or be a, a good enough bat to be like, well, it's worth you know sacrificing what you lose with Maldonado's glove to put one of those bats in there. What's uh, what's Corey look like in his? I know you said he got a little bit of work last year. What do he look like in those? I didn't uh, so I didn't see or pay attention to that. Corey Lee only got 12 games at the major league level. 12 games? Um, yeah. yeah, 12 games. And uh, they were very much cup of coffee. I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm kind of flailing at the ball at the major league level kind of kind of games. Um, 12 games, and he had uh, basically a negative value in those 12 games. Okay. So it'll be interesting to see if he can just be like – Step one for him is to like get back on the field, and step mm-hmm. two is like get to like a a fifty OPS plus or a fifty runs created plus, and then then we can start talking like okay, can he actually start stealing playing time? Because based off of his very small sample last year, it's pretty shaky. Uh, then y'all got probably one of the biggest pickups of the offseason. I got a Bereu. Yeah. I'll have him through what, 2026? Yeah, three-year deal. So 23, 24, 25, and then in 26, he becomes a free agent again. You know, know, I hate losing Yuli, but at the same time, his production last year just wasn't where it needed to be. He turned it on the playoffs. He had a pretty good playoff. Um, But, you know, it was probably time to move on and and make sure you get somebody at first base who's going to, you know, driving runs. And that's something that Yuli just did not do last year, uh, unfortunately. Where you will do. <laughs> and it's something where that where you will do. And I think hits. him playing in, in Houston with that Crawford boxes could really kind of rejuvenate his power numbers a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Altuve came in last year and had, like, among qualified batters, was top five in runs created plus, which I think you won't see that again. I don't think you get that production from Altuve again. Um. But until he doesn't produce, I expect him to produce. So, I'd be careful. I was about to say, I'd be careful saying that, man. Every every year, I've thought Altuve doesn't have that. He's come out and completely proved me wrong. 
The thing about Altuve that I did really like this past year is that his walk rate finally went up over 10%. For the first time in his career, he had a higher walk rate than 9.9. When you start getting up there in age, kind of got to do that to keep it going. He's going into his age 33 season, uh, hit 28 bombs, walked almost at 11%, and struck out under 15%. So, you know, he was putting together good at-bats and and put together a 6.64 season. So, like, you can't complain at all his, about his numbers. 164 runs yeah. created plus. His WOBA was almost 400. Like he had a great year, and so you know, I expect him to have another good year at the top of the lineup. I don't know if we're going to get that production, but I expect him to be good still. Uh, Bregman had a bounce back year. Uh, Pena, I think, is kind of the the weird little X factor in a way because like you look at him and he won the Gold Glove for American League shortstop last year. Great, yeah. phenomenal job as a rookie. That that's never been done. You never had a rookie shortstop win the Gold Glove. Uh, but like his on base last year was under under three hundred. Uh, he had a pretty good slug. Like he got twenty two bombs uh, throughout the year. Had some really clutch hits in one hundred and thirty six games. But that K rate over his K rate right now is at twenty four percent from last year. Um, and he just he just wasn't getting on base Which- enough. And so you see that a lot with the young guys. Yeah, for sure. And and here's the thing about Pena that a lot of people don't realize this. He didn't play a single game in double A. And he only played like 30 games at triple A. Okay. So like the high majors. I did not know that at all. <laughs> the high majors, he had no like playing experience really. He had 130 at bats in triple A and zero in double A. So for him to come up last year and just start producing was kind of crazy. So like he saw, he saw a big jump from what he was used to seeing. So if he can get that on base up some and still you know perform a, a high defensive value, like if he's a league average bat, I'm great. But if he can get to like a 110 OPS plus and just get that walk rate just a little bit higher, now it's like okay, now you've got a freaking player to play shortstop with for the next five, six, seven years. Um, you know enough is going to be talked about. Uh, Tucker and Jordan. I mean, those two guys are two of the best lefty bats in the game. Jordan might be the best young hitter in baseball. Thanks, Dodgers, for that Josh Fields trade. Uh, that sucker just keeps coming in clutch for us. Uh, shout out Josh Fields. Shout out Josh Fields. Uh, <laughs> and then in center field, like Chaz McCormick, uh, kind of had this weird season out in center where, like, he played a really good center field defense. And yep. was exactly league average with the bat. And at the end of the day, like, if you can play really good center field defense and be league average, I'm cool with that. Like, if that's what McCormick's trajectory is for the next three years, sign me up. I'm, I'll take that because I've got two guys next to him in the corners that can bop for him. Yeah. And that uh, catch I, he made in Philadelphia, I still think back. Like, it's one of the best playoff catches I've ever seen. That is pretty good. And so, I do want to go back to the uh, to the Bragman thing. His his career resurgence. Where where did that come from, man? Yeah, I, th- I mean, like you saw, I was you saw Bregman's peak probably in 2019, I think. Uh, I don't think he'll ever get back to like MVP top five votes. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, he's slick with the glove. He's gonna give you plus Very defensive value over there. And then that's watching. Yeah, he had 136 run created plus and 130 something OPS plus, and like a year where offensive numbers were suppressed. The fact that he was like getting you an 800 OPS was like 
okay. Like I can I can rock with that. Uh if Bregman can hit another twenty five home runs and, and drive in another ninety runs hitting between Jordan and Tucker or in front of Jordan, like that's a great that's a great guy to have there. And he's just got that clutch factor, man. I don't know what it is. Like so I think back to that World Series game too where Jordan gets hit in his hit uh facing Alvarado. Alvarado gets Bregman down 0-2 on two like cutter sliders. And then he comes high heat, but he gets it just low enough that Bregman can get his handle to it. He drives it to right field, just takes the ball the other way, drives another run, I think two runs. And then, you know, the the Yankee home run. Like he just has a flair for the dramatic. And as long as he's coming in clutch in those situations, I don't really care what his regular season numbers look like. Just keep doing it in the clutch moments. Uh, but him and Altuve, you know, I think another interesting thing for Dana Brown at the GM spot is are they going to be able to resign both of those guys and keep another young guy on a contract? Um, so it'll be interesting to see because Bregman and Altuve both end at the same time on their current deals. And that's one year before arbitration ends for Tucker and Fromber. So, like, you know, it could get to a really sticky situation like, okay, how much money are you willing to put towards all four of those guys? Yeah. But, you know, the thing is, is Crane has money right now, so spend it, baby. Let's go. Uh, up the pitching rotation, you know, you got Fromber, who broke the record for quality starts, uh, which, you know, I... I'll be honest, I did not see coming last year. <laughs> Don't worry, it'll be, it'll be in a Rangers uniform soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have the former quality start holder with DeGrom, and then if you bring in Fromber, then, yeah, y'all have uh, some quality start machines. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know what the criteria is for quality start sometimes because I, I remember watching one of the games pitch against us, and I was sitting there thinking, oh, he's losing this quality start. I mean, like, we had two runs in the first couple innings. I think we had three or something. While he pitched, is it is it three, three runs? runs? Is that as much? Three runs, six full innings. I think I think we ended up getting three, and we got like our first three, the first three innings. I was like, oh, he's definitely losing this. And you know, whenever I ended up seeing the streak was still going on after that game, I was like, well, that's bull crap. He gave up three <laughs> runs in like first three innings. That shit counts as quality start. But then he locked in and held it down for three more. So I guess, man, uh, it's not always how you start; it's how you finish that that outing. Nah. Uh, and then, you know, I guess the de facto number two now definitively is Javier. Uh, I think he'll be the one. Oh, okay. But, like, I think, I think Framber, maybe in the death chart, will be number one. But I think Christian's going to be the guy. I got you. The guy. Uh, uh, either way, it really, the, the only time that matters when you're the one is the first game of the season and the first game of the playoffs. Like, that's the only time it really matters. Other than that, you're just running on who's rested and who's ready to pitch. Oh, look at look at his strikeout rate, man. That, that looks like a reliever's strikeout rate. Yeah, like, he had a strikeout rate of thirty three point two last year, which was uh, the only guys higher than him were Brian Abreu in the bullpen and Presley. and Presley in the bullpen. So, uh, yeah, if, if he can do that, and as, as, if he keeps getting better with his his true secondary pitches, like he's fastball like sixty five seventy percent, and then he's that slider a lot. 
but like his curveball is getting better, his changeups getting better. So as he just becomes a little bit more developed as a pitcher, like it's it's kind of scary what maybe he could do if he puts it all together. Uh, you should add a cutter. Right now, just just let that four seam fly, baby. McCullers is going to start the season probably on the IL, uh, flexor strain. Um, you know, it's a given every year. Yeah, it seems that way. Uh, you know, I was hoping for 150 innings out of him a few weeks ago. Now I'm hoping for like 115 innings. Uh, you may have to lower that a little bit more. Uh, maybe, but we're, I'm going to hope for 100, 115 right now. He came back last year and. Uh, you know, he threw f- about 50 innings of 2.27 ERA ball. Like he came when he came mm-hmm. back, he came back and looked good. Uh, and then he got his last two outings were against the Yankees, which was just kind of okay. And then that World Series outing, which was rough Ooh, to watch. That was bad. Like as a fan of the team, and I turned that game off for a little while, and like when did something else, then came back and turned it back on. But like. That was a rough game for him. Uh, I, thought the, uh, I thought the Phillies were in the series after watching that game. Like, I, was, I was stoked. I'm really hoping that it. 2021 Lance comes back uh, at some point because what he was that year, like he kind of earned his contract that year. And then since then, he's flexured tendon and Tommy John issues and all Maybe kinds of stuff. punch a locker or something? No, that wasn't him. That was a different guy. That was, nah. that was a different guy. Uh, it was before the run last year. Yeah, was, that was, was Phil Maton. Phil Maton. Uh, he gave up a hit. He gave up a hit to his younger brother, who was on the Phillies in that last series of the season, and uh, he went back and like hit a locker and broke his broke a a bone in his hand and missed the playoffs. Uh, and then so Lance, if he doesn't start the year, that's fine. You just bump Luis, Luis Garcia up a notch. You bump. Jose Arquiti up a notch, and you just plug in Hunter Brown. So, like, that's that's okay with me. Like, Lance, go get healthy. We got a kid. He's ready to go. Uh, Hunter Brown last year, you know, if you were sleeping under a rock, he, he pitched in seven games, uh, 20 innings. I think he got four starts, four starts, and then three relief appearances. Had a K rate over 27%, a walk rate under 10%. Uh, gave up no home runs last year in his major league time. Had a ground ball percentage like almost seventy percent. Like the dude was, he was just dealing. He got two innings of run in the playoffs against Seattle. Uh, saw action against the Yankees. I don't think he actually pitched in the World Series, but he was he was available for us. Uh, I'm hoping for for him to be that next guy up in that pitching kind of factory that Houston's been. Uh, it's kind of crazy to think about like. You lose Garrett Cole, bring in Fromber. You lose Zach Greinke, bring in Luis. Lose, lose Verlander. Nah, just bring up Hunter Brown and just, just keep plugging yeah, and that's, playing. That's my thing with the Astros. Um, this might get like maybe off topic with the. I mean, you could include the pitchers with this. I think the Astros are. I don't think I know the Astros are so deep in depth. Just like look at it, you like you said, you lose Verlander. Look at your rotation. You you bring in Brown, okay? Lance McCullers gets doesn't start at the beginning of the year. You bring in Brown. Um, I, I I just think and shout out to the you know front office in Houston because they're amazing. But like you said, you lose somebody like 
with um, all-star caliber, and you can just go ahead and bring in somebody, maybe not as good of them, but you know, still in that same realm. Um, yeah, yeah you sorry, never, I you, thought I'd interrupt with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you never want to like, hey, Hunter Brown, you have to become, you know, the yeah. young Hall of Fame Justin Verlander, but the fact that you came up last year and did what you did, and well, you're just the next guy for us. Like, go go get it done, kid. And then offensively speaking, yeah. like you lose you lose Springer, we got Kyle Tucker. Yep. You lose uh, Carlos Correa, uh, Jeremy Pena, World Series MVP. <laughs> Plug him in, baby. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, you go from Gold Glove, Platinum Glove, Correa to Gold Glove Pena. Who gives a crap who it is? Like it's just Man, it's, it's like, just producing. It's, it's like my days at Brookshire's, man. You run out of something, you freaking restock that. <laughs> just restock it. Dang, dude. <laughs> there is there's no window for, for winning right now in Houston. It's just it's open air concepts and just let the breeze in and, and go in football yeah, go in football games, go in baseball games. <laughs> XFL's on right now. I'm I'm getting ready to go watch some XFL this weekend. Uh so you know the outlook, I think, you know, that for the first time in the last three years, you didn't lose an important offensive cog. Like Yuli's gone, but like really in the grand scheme of things last year, he wasn't an important cog last year. Uh, and so I think the bats are still going to be there. The resurgence from Altuve and Bregman, you know, some people are saying like Altuve probably could have been that third place MVP vote getter instead of Jordan because of what he also brings defensively for you. Uh, which Jordan played the second half of the field basically the entire time in left field. Actually, I don't know if you guys saw any of him like throwing out guys at home. Like he kind of has a cannon. Like I didn't realize he had that strong of an arm. Uh, it's got to have a strong arm. It's going to take him a minute or so to get to the ball. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but the legs are looking healthy right now. So as long as they stay okay, I'm I'm cool with it. I just my biggest concern with him in the outfield. I just don't want him to get injured. Yeah, especially sure. being one of the bigger body guys. I wish that I just wish he was first baseman. Like it'd be so much. And so, for me, in Cuba, he played some first base, I believe, growing up. And then in the minors, so like he played in the Futures game uh, the year before he got called up. Mm-hmm. And he played first base in the Futures game. So like he has a, a first base history. And I think probably maybe by the time Abreu's out in Houston, you see Jordan transition to first base. Uh, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility at all. Uh, which, my next point, you know, bringing in Abreu, even though his power numbers were down in 22, still had excellent ABs. Expect him to kind of bounce back yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And then uh, the big one for me right now is Kyle Tucker. Like, he's he's the X factor. He's the guy that doesn't have the contract yet because he was five steals away from being a 30-30 guy last year, which the only other Asher to ever do that was Jeff Bagwell. And so if Tucker goes out and, and goes 30-30, that, that yeah, could be a problem. And so, he's not really like a 30-30 guy. <laughs> I don't know how he does it, man. His uh, Abraham he gets all his home runs against... He just, <laughs> like, if you took a picture of Kyle Tucker in, like, the retro Astros jersey and then put the photo in black and white, I would think that he was a player from back then. Like, look at him. You can't tell from the build. Like yeah. he just he just looks like an average guy. I don't know how tall he is. 
I'm, I'm he's kind of lanky. He's six four. Yeah, I was about to say yeah. he's like six four, right at two hundred. Uh, like I just think this is a normal guy. I, I can see him at the supermarket. And so you know, I don't. <laughs> yeah, basically, I don't, I don't get it. Him and Bregman came in the same draft, so we took Bregman with the number two pick out of LSU, and then with the five pick from the year prior, the for the Brady Aiken, I think, comp- compensation pick, we drafted Tucker with the fifth overall pick. And there's a lot of red circles on his baseball savant page, man. Like, Jordan gets a lot of love, and he should. Like, Jordan's a freak. But, like, the outs above average, the whiff percentage, the barrel percentage, the expected WOBA, the hard hit percentage, like, people, I don't think people really understand, like, how good of a run producer Tucker really is. Um, and so if he gets that 30-30 season, I think this year, and he gets that payday, I think like he realistically is one of the top four right fielders in baseball right now. Um, and right field is a deep position. I think he's one of those guys. So there's a reason I, I went out and bought a Tucker jersey. Or one of my friends got me a Tucker jersey because <laughs> I, I just think he's one of those guys. He reminds me of a certain player from Atlanta that uh, it was basketball. So he's overshadowed by, you know, the five star, but he's out there, you know, he's, he's hitting threes, not, not really threes, but you know, he's, he's doing his thing out there and he's one of the most fundamental players on the Astros. And it sucks seeing that. Cause I swear he always has big hits against us. Like and he always, he always pimps it. He looks so smug when he does it. Like I just, I, I hate going against him. Uh, Really hope he leaves in 2026. Like that would that would help me, I guess. For sure. Uh, I don't know, man. Just as a Rangers fan, looking at all this these charts and stuff, it just sucks seeing knowing that feels like a couple of years ago. This kind of it's kind of where we were, not with the depth and everything. And yeah. now now we're in the position y'all used to be in, like trying to get back up. Yeah, y'all, yeah, y'all kind of feel like 2015 Astros right now. Sorry, Noah, go. Yeah, no, no, no. You're fine. I was agreeing with Aiden. Um, no, we'll get into the Rangers in a little bit, but I'm just saying like they're so. I don't watch the Astros. Like if they're on or if they're playing Texas and Texas isn't playing and I have time, I'll watch them because they're the other Texas team. But even just looking at the at the rosters and the depth chart which we have right here, there's so many household names that I didn't even realize I knew. Um, like there's just a lot of household names in Houston. And like Aiden said, um, this feels like 2015, 2016 Texas team. And we, we just kind of switched positions. Um, but hopefully we switch positions again here in the. What future. I think would be more fun is if you just, if you guys just elevate with us. And then it's just like we're both really good and it becomes like a really good series all the time. Like to me, yeah, that's, that would yeah, be I ideal. Would. That would be I want to so be as good fun. as the Subway series. Like, I want the Silver Boot series to yeah. be on ESPN as soon as like when y'all were good. It's when y'all were good at kicking the crap out of us, like it wasn't fun. <laughs> like, it, I mean, it, it was it was fun for me. Yeah, it's fun for I, y'all. I, I enjoyed then, that. And so, like, half the people are getting the enjoyment, and then when we're kicking the crap out of y'all, only half the people are getting the enjoyment. And so, like, I just think it'd be a lot more fun if both teams were really good. Watching, uh, watching drugs, Josh Hamilton come out and absolutely waylay on any team we played against was like peak life. Yeah, man. 
My last, my last roster notes real quick on that bullpen that we kind of started with. So, like, to me, it started with, like, the Royals in 2015. So, like, the Royals went out, and they had, like, some guys that could start for them. But, like, their strength and the reason why they were in the World Series and, like, that team to beat was they had a dominant, deep bullpen. And then you get into the World Series runs with Houston 2019. You know, you had a couple guys for that Astros team, but the bullpen was probably the weakest part of the team. You know, you had three aces, Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, Zach Greinke, Thielen. You had the number one ranked offense in like the last 30 years of baseball, smoking. But when it got late, there wasn't that killer instinct to the bullpen. And what happened, Howie Kendrick hits a pole in Houston game seven and they lose it. Uh, where the bullpen gave up like five runs that game. The problem that was like the first noticeable case of that. Yes, you remember that Detroit Tigers like starting pitching unit? I'm, I'm like, this is Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander. They had one of the nastiest looking, and they ended up not. I mean, they didn't meet expectations. They had a very weak bullpen, and we're just we're getting to that the day and age where if you don't have a strong bullpen, you're not going to be able to get over the hump. You need that bullpen badly, and credit to the Astros for going out and immediately recognizing that after their couple were their World Series lost to the Braves. Yeah, that's and the next just, one. Just getting everyone they can. I mean, it's a stacked bullpen. So here's the thing it's, about the bullpen too, and this is this is the part that I I still haven't really wrapped my mind around what it means yet. That bullpen set the playoff record last year for the ERA by a bullpen. And they didn't lose a single arm. Like Will Smith leaves in free agency. He wasn't on, he didn't make a single playoff appearance for us. Did he not? No, we didn't use him one oh. time in the playoffs. He was only on the roster for the World Series. He wasn't on the roster for the, for the DS or the CS. And so the, the bullpen that just set the, the standard for playoff ERA is returning everyone and that to me is like that might be the ticket <laughs> that might be how they just do it it's, again it's really hard to win two in a row but y'all have every piece in my opinion y'all aren't i mean y'all aren't sure on batch y'all aren't sure on pitching i who'd y'all hire new gm dana brown so he comes over from the Braves. so the guy that was that was like part of constructing Great, all so. those contracts for like their young guys like yeah he's, he's walking into a gold so, mine right now man. oh yeah like Kyle, five Kyle or six years i thought he's about to get seven years 20 million <laughs> and be locked up until i'm dead i mean i'd be okay with that look at the DraftKings stuff real quick so we can wrap up the astros um i'm getting tired of talking i'm gonna, i need you guys to <laughs> to bring some some heat for me with the rangers uh the World Series odds are plus 600. Uh, they're currently the DraftKings favorite. Uh, they're the West winner, or at least they were when I filled this thing out. Uh, the West winner, uh, minus 180. So I think that one's kind of a lock in their eyes. Uh, their regular season for DraftKings over-under is 95.5. Even though we're not playing the West as much, I think because you get to play the Central a little bit more, I'm um, probably taking the over on that, but that's a minus 110. So, again, I think even they think it's a pretty easy hey, over. That's, that's good for me and Noah. 
y'all y'all are behind in the Silver Boot series. As long as we play less games a season, it's going to take y'all a lot longer to catch up. So I, I'm seeing us ahead for at least another season or two right that's now. That's the most Aiden thing I've ever heard. That's, that's, <laughs> all, that's all I care about, man. I just we need that. We need to keep that lead. Uh, and then from a player perspective, Alvarez uh, as the home run leader for the seasons plus one thousand. Javier oh. strikeouts for you, Aiden. He's plus thirty five hundred. So if you want to win a little bit of money and you think he's gonna bring that strikeout rate, he's uh, plus thirty five hundred right now. I just put the house on it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Alvarez fifth in MVP at a plus eleven hundred. Tucker eleventh at twenty five hundred. Romber getting a little love at the Cy Young and Javier at 14. Uh, they're 1,500 and plus 2,000 respectively. And then Rookie of the Year, Hunter Brown, plus 800. So uh, there's a lot of things I like, obviously. Uh, I would love nothing more than to see him run it back. I think they obviously can. And to me, it's going to be, is Pena that guy? Can Altuve and Bregman hold their water and, and stay steady? And then what's Michael Brantley going to look like coming off a of shoulder surgery? Like, to me, that's the, the big question mark, too. So uh, I'm trying to get this to load real quick, and then I'll, I'll go off of it. Fangrass actually released. They apparently put some numbers together and some projections, and they released their, their World Series projections, actually. Ooh, okay. Uh, well, while you're pulling that up, while you pull that up, I'll, I'll just do this. Uh, the Fangraph projection for Jordan right now is 5.8 WAR, which isn't everything, but they do have him at 40 home runs, 120 RBI, which would be fantastic. And they have Tucker getting back up to 30 home runs again, but they only have him at 22 stolen bases. So I'm curious to see if maybe he's a little bit more aggressive on the base pass with the whole pickoff rules and pitch clock stuff. Uh, I think that would be a lot of fun. And then they have Pena still playing a league average offense, but still being very valuable defensively. Uh, Fromber with the 22% K rate, and they pretty solid fit. And then your boy Javier, they still have him thinking over 30% strikeout rate going into this year. So, all right. So looking at the team up 45 in blue and red, we got the Texas Rangers coming off a, another part of that kind of rebuild look, that retool look from last year. Obviously hit some struggles along the way, but made some big additions. So really quickly, Aiden, take us through last year's schedule, and then uh, let's take a look at that roster. So uh, we started off pretty rough last year. Ended up, ended up going 68-94. Uh, after the rough start up, I believe it was 40-something games into the season. We ended up getting back to 500. Then a bunch of injuries started adding up. Uh, pitching, pitching just wasn't there last year. So really struggled in the East. Had this, oh, dang, same home and away record. That's, that's not good at all. We got we to get the home record up a little bit. Uh, Central, about even in. West, of course, we're, we're down to that. And a lot of a lot of this stemmed from really our pitching. It, we were in the bottom twenty in almost every pitching category except for strikeouts and home runs for nine. Uh, it just it, it wasn't to standard last year. Our starting rotation it was it was out of whack quite a bit, and you kind of saw that that's that's really where we focused this season was going out and getting those starting pitchers. Our our hitting was okay last year. You know our on base percentage. We don't have a lot of guys drawing walks, of course. 
star guys were some big swingers. Our average was down, of course. I don't. I, I'm not a big average guy. I think y'all know that. Our runs, home runs, and stolen bases all really good. I've seen they've all been aggressive under this system, especially Simeon. Simeon, I believe he was breaking his record for uh, stolen bases near the beginning of last year. Uh, like first 40, 50 games in, it was it was wild. Uh, of course, our starting pitching sucked. Our relief pitchers, that's our relievers lost us a lot of games, I thought. You know, go out there, one, two run lead, they give it up. The ERA with those those are about middle of the pack. Walking people was a huge issue for them. Never want to see that with relievers. Uh, especially with a low strikeout for nine. They they just weren't getting guys out like that. They're they're getting the ball in play or they were walking people. And it really led to a lot of big innings from the opposing team once we got our bullpens in. Middle of the pack and home runs too. That's okay. Like I'm I'm not upset as much about that. But like we were talking about with Houston, we really need to get that strong bullpen if we want to if we want to be one of those contending teams that I think we can be soon. Lost Matt Moore. That that really hurts in my opinion. He was he would have been the number one reliever this year. Lost Cal Cal Cole Calhoun. Not as upset about that. He's he's getting up there in age. He's not. I don't really think he's got that much longer as a bat. Arihara was really bad for us. Garrett was okay. He's not a big loss, though. Neither were the other two. So now we're going to get on like our additions. This, as a Rangers fan, I've never felt this like spoiled. Like I don't think we've ever, in my life and Noah's, we haven't really ever got to see something like this. We've never got to, to spin this big and just go I think, through it. I think we just kind of like walked in at the right time when we really started watching yeah. Rangers when we were younger and we were spoiled with what we already had. Mm-hmm. And then now that we're terrible again, um, like we get to be years. spoiled. We get to be spoiled with these new roster ads. So I'll let you real I'll quick. You. What was like the first year that y'all remember watching Rangers baseball? Okay. Uh, I'll take this. Cause this is, uh, this is <laughs> real, real uh, quick. Not, not, okay. Uh, I know. Um, so I remember shout out Bobby Mason. Took me to my first Ranger game when I was about ten. Um, so what is that? that uh, ten years ago. So probably about 2013, um, 2010, 2013-ish. That's when I really first started watching and getting baseball. So yeah, go. Okay, Aiden. I'm guessing with you having a little bit of a pedigree in Major League Baseball, though, you were probably watching a little bit earlier. Maybe I watched. Okay, so I was I was in baseball. Yeah, a little bit earlier. Uh, Rangers, you know, as much of a baseball guy as you can be as a little kid, I guess. Uh, 2011, that really good year. I, I mean, I would always say I've been a Rangers fan, but whenever I first kind of like started paying attention was that 2011 year. So that's, I guess it's kind of whenever I could have cohesive thoughts about that stuff. Uh, and that year, like Noah said, we were, we were really spoiled. It feels like those couple of years we were a really good team. And then it just it kind of all went to crap. And I, it's been so long since we've seen the Rangers put out a good team, and a lot of that has been management and coaching. We haven't had good management or coaches office. so long in front office in so long. Now that we've got it, we're seeing them making moves, and it's just it's it's a blessing to be honest as a Rangers fan. Yeah, so, you all showed out a lot of money last year on some position players, and then yeah. made some good moves with like the Nate Low trade and things like that. Uh, and then obviously, you know, recreating a brand new pitching staff basically in the last 
eight months has been kind of wild to see. So, uh, yeah, just roster ads. Let's let's hear it real quick. So, uh, I'm gonna go over our like kind of big additions. Degrom, like I've already said, that's huge, big pickup. He's healthy, best number one in the league. He's he's what you want, and he's gonna bring you everything you want if he stays healthy. Our possibly, I think, most underrated signing, and he could be the biggest impactor of this season, is Eovaldi. He, he's been playing with the big monster. His ERA doesn't look good. I'm not a big ERA guy, kind of like I'm not a big average guy. I think there's some more important stats out there. His FIP, he's, he's, he always has a good FIP, it seems like. He's among league leaders usually in that category. I believe in 2021, he led the league, or was it 2020? He led the league in FIP. Uh, he's going to come out. He's in a hitter-friendly ballpark now. I really think that he's going to put it together. He's going to showcase himself as a great two. And I feel like there's a lot of teams he could be a one-on, even though they may not be the better teams, of course. But I, I think he could be the one on some teams. Uh, ended up getting Andrew Heaney from the Dodgers. He kind of had a, a little breakout year last year. There's a couple ballparks he doesn't do good in, New York being one of them. He's not very good in New York. But uh, I I don't know what to expect from him, to be honest, because he was, he was kind of under the radar for me before this season. Like, I, I never really you know, heard of him. I've, I've looked at some stuff since we ended up signing or trading for him, uh, talked to some people about him. That's kind of where I found out the whole New York thing, that he's not good up there. Uh, and I'm, I mean, I'm not going to get my hopes high for him because I don't know we can, what he can bring, but he's going to be our four. So I expect him to be able to produce like a four will. Yeah, the uh, thing about Haney, I think like I, he'll be able to add to your strikeout ratio kind of numbers. Like he's got some put away type stuff, and it was just always being a matter of being able to suppress runs and being able to pitch innings while striking guys out. He kind of had that that kind of breakthrough year this past year of the Dodgers. So uh, if he can do it again, like that would be a pretty big thing for y'all. Uh, last one I'm going to go around the additions. Uh. We signed him recently, Robbie Grossman. Robbie! I don't, I don't see him as an everyday guy. He, he rakes lefties from what I've heard. And that's, I mean, that's going to be good. But I'd, they got him projected to start left field. I, I would probably like some other people starting there. I'd like him to platoon a little bit with uh, Brad Miller. Get a little lefty-righty action going, given they've got their respective good sides. Uh, we'll see what he does. I'm not expecting a lot, like I've said. I really hope and have hoped we would go out and get another outfielder. I don't know if they're putting their faith into Evan Carter or if they think Bubba Thompson's going to make a leap or maybe Josh Smith or Ezekiel Duran. Please be Ezekiel Duran or Bubba Thompson. I love both of them. Uh, that's I just I don't see him being an everyday guy. Nah, that's fair. I mean, Robbie... When he came up with the Astros, he was kind of an on-base guy. He didn't really do a whole lot else. He played good defense in the corners and drew walks. He was kind of like a Moneyball-esque player, right? Uh, and then he's made a career since leaving the Astros in the trades. Um, you know, he's 33 and still doing it. So I'm, I'm happy to see him still playing ball. He was one of the guys that when we were awful, he was at times he would be like, well, at least Robbie's getting on base. Like, like it was like him and Altuve were like getting on base at least. So I was like, hey, maybe something fun will happen here. Uh, and then you know, you guys had a couple other minor league signings. Like Ian Kennedy could could find his way into the bullpen and be a, a decent addition at some point. 
Um, Sandy Leone has a catching background and has had some good years with Boston before. Um, and then uh, Yoshi and Latell, like, you know, there, there's a couple other additions that might not be like headline kind of additions, but uh, the fact that you're adding pieces, like not being afraid to add pieces around the guys that you signed is a good showcase for the front office, I think. Uh, so some of our free agents next year, we're really going to need to lock up uh, Martin Perez. He's he's a really interesting case. He is interesting. He had such a, I mean, that year last year came out of nowhere. I mean, he uh, he's been looked at, I think, before last year as kind of not a very good pitcher throughout his career. Yeah, he's and, always uh, been kind of a an inconsistent guy or just not really had the flash kind of stuff. Like he was with Boston before Texas, right? Yes. And, you know, and, pitching in Boston is hard sometimes. Like same kind of thing with Evaldi for you. So, uh, but a I, career year last year, see if he can do it again. Which shout out to our, our catching coach. We, I feel like we produced so many catchers recently. Uh, like like good guys, we we gave the Yankees Trevino, which I, I which wasn't that good here. They're as good here, I didn't think. But I think a big thing of Martin Perez coming like breaking out was uh, Jonah Heim. Jonah Heim was one of the best framing catchers in the league last year, and that's kind of where Martin Perez sits. He's going to be sitting on the the edges, throwing a sinker. He's throwing he's throwing his couple other things and he's trying he's trying to get the, the corners you know and he's with jonah hind catching jonah's framing it so well and i i really think that had a huge effect on his game yeah i mean that's that's a fair it led to a I lot think. more punch outs there was, um, there was one good thing that john daniels did um it was trade andrews for heim i cried when that happened uh, we got Jonah Heim in that trade, and we most definitely won it. So. I think your mom wrote a pretty nasty Facebook post on that day. Yeah, she was not happy. She was not. I don't think she knows anybody on the team anymore. She was really. She was a big reason why I knew a lot about the Rangers. But uh, when that when that went down, it was a uh, it was not a good day in the <laughs> Davis household. Yeah. So then we got Andrew Heaney. We're probably going to be looking to re-sign him because. Uh, Unless we've got well, lighter coming up the next year, he needs got really a player don't. option. So like, it's not really up to you oh, guys. I didn't even I didn't even see the PO. Yeah, that's my fault. So he's got a player option. I'm really hoping he decides to stick around. Uh, I'm hoping we get lighter to come up. You know, next year that that'd be a big come up for him. Or even at the end of this year, if he's showing stuff. Last year, he he really had a trouble with command, and I I think that's. A little bit more common of a guy like him. I believe he started. When was it? He was in AAA, like halfway through the season. Noah. Uh, sorry, who was it? Lighter. Uh, lighter. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, he's he double A. Triple. He's double, double A. a. He, no, he he, okay. No, well, he no. was he was up in double A, like really early through the season last or last mm-hmm. year. And I mean, that's not seen as much with those guys that are just drafted. Of course, he had the command issues, but whenever. His stuff looked good. If he, if he could just get the command down year, maybe into this year, maybe next year coming out, I'd really like to see him in the rotation. Is he uh, on the 40-man right now? 
Is he? Is he? Um, one second. I don't I think he is. If he's he not on the forty man, I wouldn't plan on seeing him this year. Yeah, I don't think he is, and I really, honestly, I mean, you guys know I, I I work at the stadium. Um, just by what I see, I don't think he's ready. Not this year. Oh, I don't think he's ready. Somehow, I don't think he's ready right now. I do think this off season's going to help him, though. Uh, I know he's on the spring training roster. Well, he's hanging out with Greg Maddox, so that's helping. Dude, I thought he was going to get dealt this off season. I was going to be so mad. You thought he was going to get what? Thought he was going to get dealt, traded. Ah. I didn't. I can hear you said. Uh, what happened to Greg? Has anyone seen a picture of him? Greg Heffley? Greg Maddox. <laughs> he got old, bro. He, like it happens. He, no, I swear he made that prank video like five years ago. A lot can happen in five years, Brian, brother. I lost my hair in five he, years. He looks like he <laughs> aged by like twenty years. All right, so I'm jerseys sorry. to buy. Okay, Seager, Seager, Degrom, and Simeon are locked up for a while. So, like, if you're looking yes. for a new Rangers jersey, go go get you one of those guys. Uh, Nate Lowe is a dude who's underrated, <laughs> undervalued. So, if you want to yeah. not be one of the primary jersey holders, you want to be something a little bit different, go get you a Nate Lowe jersey. He's really good, really good baseball player. If prospects are more your thing, well, Ezekiel Duran could become a guy. He'll be around for a while. Sam Huff could become a guy. Josh Young, the big dog that's getting the start at third base. We'll see what he's got. And then Aiden's favorite, Bubba Thompson, waiting in the wings, too. Bubba. So you, oh, got, Bubba. you got three Dad. dudes that are like going to be the top jersey sale guys. If you want to be different, go get you a low jersey. If you like the young guys, there's just a few options that are going to be around for a while. Uh, gonna interrupt. Um, I'm I'm buying a Kumar Rocker jersey. We did not mention him. I know he just got drafted this past year. I'm getting a Kumar Rocker jersey. If you want to wait a couple of years, you still have a, a jersey that you're rocking, and you were like, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm two years away from buying a jersey." Then maybe a Kumar Rocker in, in two years will be the move. Uh, Another prospect jersey you may want to look at: Evan Carter. Is that, he on, is he on the forty man? No. Okay, then wait. Like when they get to the forty man, like now, trust. Let's let's not get our hopes too high on on prospects until they start producing. But when Rangers they make the forty man, if he's on the forty man, go for it. it. Let's look at the depth chart real quick. So obviously Jonah Heim behind the dish, he's kind of the the guy. Uh, yeah. You can plug Mitch Garver around because right. he can do that. But probably your next guy up is Sam Huff, right? Yeah, which I Sam Huff, he I think it was a couple of years ago. He was looking. He was looking to be starting to come up and looking like the starter and he just really disappointed me last year like he got his at bats and he just wasn't showing anything and he ended up going back down to the minors because of it and they brought up uh i don't remember his name to be honest i don't even he's not on the depth chart here i don't think i was saying uh, off last year in 24 game or 44 games he had a ops plus of 93 which for a catcher like you probably take that huh yeah hold up Bit. 132 at bats. Flamey, flame huff. 121 at bats. Uh, four homers, 240, 303, 372 for a 675 OPS, 93 OPS plus. Like, I don't know. I'm, a backup catcher. I'm, I'm taking that. That's better than every I, catcher we had last year. I mean, I guess I wasn't watching that because I swear every game I watched, he struck out. Like, I, I never, I never saw him get a hit. The one home run that I heard about was a game I didn't watch, and I saw it on, uh, I saw it on a post, and it was a bomb. I mean, he's got the power. 
he's he's a big big swinger i remember hit a 500 foot in the minors and i think i showed that to you in class as like a junior yeah probably. it was just it was crazy uh then working our way around the diamond you know nate low had a very undervalued season last year probably one of the i'd say definitely a top 10 first baseman uh probably uh-huh. you like you can make the argument for him being a top five first baseman right like if he if he does it again i think this year like his his uh percentages and his red bubbles on savant and stuff like that like He's undervalued right now, and like he's a guy that could very easily sneak into being one of the better first basemen in baseball. So keep him on your watch list. Obviously, everyone knows what Marcus Simeon can do a second. Um, and Corey Seager, the big move last year, is Josh Young going to be able to produce? Like that's kind of the X factor right now for you guys in the lineup, right? I think yeah, I think he was he got up to the majors and he wasn't used. I don't know if he wasn't used to the pitching. Which of course he went home on his first of that had me all excited. I was thinking he's about to be the next. I don't know to be honest. I, I thought he's about to be the next thing. The next A Rod. If you look at the stats, man, the the minor league stats, AAA, he just rakes. I mean, he was injured first part of the year. He came back, and I mean, he was just he was hitting, and he's he's a true truly good hitter at that level and i just i need to see it in the majors because if he becomes that that's that that's that next guy in the roster and i think we're about a bat or two away and if he's that bat then i mean watch out for the rangers this year man so he becomes young last year had 98 at bats and while Mm -hmm. his his batting average is only 204 he only got on base at 235 Get a high strikeout percentage high strikeout percentage and like that's the thing like whenever you go from minors to major league like there's going to be holes in your swing and you have to be able to adjust that major league like level breaking stuff, right? Like that's always mm-hmm. the thing. And so give him some sample size, let him try to get things done. I have a Josh Young rookie card, like in a little case, just in case he blows up. Cause like he might blow I think, up. Uh, actually there's a, that Yankees fan I've been telling y'all that like I talked to on one of those group chats. He also said he's high on Josh Young and he's got a rookie card also. You you so hope maybe, that he doesn't become a, a quadruple A player, right? Like that's the that's the thing is like um, you don't want that to happen. If he can find a way to produce, the thing that worries me about him for you guys, and this is a very a minor worry because if he can get it done, he can get it done. There's not a whole lot of protection behind him, you know. Like if Simeon Seager low or above him, which they're projected to be above him in the lineup, and then he's hanging around that five or six spot. You know who's going to be in that seven, eight, nine? That's going to maybe let him see a few more fastballs and a few less breaking pitches. But if he can, our, if he can find that out, there. he could be a guy. Our best hope there right now would be Ezekiel Duran maybe taking that D, some DH reps, left field spot, center field spot. Because when he was in, he I, I felt like he was sitting pretty good last year. Or Leody Tavares doing what he did for the first bit of when he was in the majors last year. Because I, I don't know if you saw, Leody started off hot, which I know a lot of rookies sometimes do. And because pitchers aren't used to pitching them, they don't they don't know like what their holes are. But he he was he was hot for a good while. He started slowing down near the end of the season or near the end of the season. But he I feel like. I don't know if he can break out, but if he does break out, that's that's going to be the Josh Young protection that he needs. 
and kind of like McCormick uh-huh. a little bit. Like he he was a 93 OPS plus, so he was almost league average and playing a really good center field. And so like mm-hmm. I think you take that from that guy. But yeah, any, if you get him to league average or above league average of the bat, that definitely could solidify it up a little bit. No, we got something. Um, no, I'm gonna say on Ezekiel Duran. Um, obviously he came in the in the Joey Gallo trade with New York. He's a very high thought of prospect while he was in New York. I got to watch him some while he was in Double A, Frisco, and then he got pulled up to Triple A, and then eventually to the the big leagues um i this is my personal opinion if we cannot find a spot for this guy in the lineup he's gonna go eventually he's gonna go somewhere else and be the dude for that team whichever it may be i really hope we can use this guy um i don't know where because um i'll I'll talk about my problem with the with the young guys on this team later but um just where where are you gonna put them you know what i mean sure so you know, could yeah. he maybe shift into one of those corner outfield spots and become the outfield maybe. bat? Maybe. Um, I wouldn't. Oh, no, go ahead. Personally, we've seen, which Josh Young, he's not that good of a defender. We've seen him get some first base reps. What I wish the team would do is look into moving Josh Young into the first base position, putting Duran at the third base position, and then think they really need to think about putting low at DH because while being a good defensive first baseman, isn't the biggest thing. Low is a terrible defensive first baseman. Like he, he's one of the worst. Really? And he's, he's, he's bad, man. Okay. I didn't know that. So <laughs> he's, he's a pretty bad defensive first baseman. Like you, you know, he can dig stuff sometimes. Like I don't sit there and, I guess watch him make all these, like, it doesn't look like a high school game. They're making errors almost every throw. But he's no he's Rizzo. Not, he's no yeah, Yuli. He's no, he's not that guy. Okay. I got you. I, I'm, I'm with that. I'm with that school of thought. I, I really do like that because Duran is, he, before Young got caught up, Duran and Josh Smith got a couple reps going back at, you know, back and forth at third. And a lot of people thought it was going to be one of those two guys that were going to be the set in stone. You know, third baseman, and all I can say is Duran is an absolute stud at the hot corner. So maybe that works out the way Aiden said. We'll see. But all right, let's move to the move pitching along. stuff real quick because we're uh, we're running out of time here. So uh, obviously, you know, recreating a brand new pitching staff and uh, your one through five, looking at Degrom, Martin, Nady Uvalde, John Gray, Andrew Heaney. And then you still have Jake Odorizzi as the sixth slash long relief guy. Um, you know, literally like built a rotation for for this team. And so uh you know, like like any any pitching staff, like there's always gonna be innings pitched and run suppression and how many starts can you get out of your guys. Um, you know, there's enough question marks that I think are it makes you just slightly hesitant to like be super high, but you also know, like from a talent perspective, if things go right for four out of five of these guys, like it could be really good. <laughs> and so, yeah. uh, you know, the Grom we've already has so much talked about already. Martin, I think, is the sneaky guy. Like, can he duplicate his success? I think there's a little bit of regression in Martin, but um, you know, can he still be at that kind of level? That'll be a a great one-two punch for you. Yeah. 
Uh, if John Gray can just eat innings, if he can just come in and throw that hard sinker and eat some innings for you, and then if Eovaldi and Heaney can just not blow up, it could it could be a really good staff, right? Like, I mean, that's that's probably probably best case scenario is they just if they don't blow up and you get twenty five starts out of each of them, you're probably pretty happy. Yeah. So uh, I went ahead and looked looked it up because I wanted to know exactly where he ranked. Uh, outs above average, Nathaniel Lowe was thirty six out of thirty six qualifying first baseman. <laughs> so awesome! He's not a good defender. Okay. Uh, oh my. And I guess the the other thing is is like if if a guy does get hurt, like you have Oda Rizzi to plug and play. And you have Dane Dunning still. You can plug and play. Like Dunning was, who did he come in that trade? Like he was the Cleveland trade. Oh, he was in the Lance Lynn trade. The Lance Lynn, Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That was awful. Uh, so there is another guy that I would like to talk on, not talk on, but I'd like to mention in this. Look at Glenn Otto. I've heard that name. He's one of those guys that gets put in. He for pitched against Houston, I think, last year at one point. He did. He uh he pitched a couple games last year. He had to start a couple games for us, or he started a bit. He's he's kind of he's got some of the stuff. He's just not there yet in terms of being a good starter. He's I don't got, know. Yeah, very young. Very I don't young. know if he'll ever be a good starter, but if he has to plug and play for a starter too, I I could see him doing okay in those starts. I know why I remember him now too, because like he pitched at Rice. Like he's a Houston area kid. Uh, he went to Spring High School. Played at Rice, got drafted by the Yankees. Yeah, I I, I remember watching this guy. Uh, and he pitched. Uh, he had 27 starts last year for you guys, 135 yeah, innings. Um, you know his FIP was a little high. The ERA was probably just higher than league average. Like he wasn't bad. Uh, and so like if he tightens the screws down a little bit and and uh, just takes another step forward, yeah, that's that's a good name to be on the lookout for. And I know one thing, he's really young. Yeah, really young guy. Um, one thing that I see with the pitching staff, like you said, Ramey, we came in and built nail by nail pretty much a, a new starting rotation. So that leaves you with Dane Dunning, Taylor Hearn, Glenn Otto, you know, those guys that were in the rotation with uh, Martin and John last year. I think we're going to see those guys be thrown in the bullpen. And one guy that me and Aiden are very fond of in the bullpen and we think really has got to step up this year is Taylor Hearn. He did not have a good year as a starter. Dane Downing really didn't either, in my opinion, just as what I saw. It stats might say otherwise. And then, you know, Glenn Otto, I thought he was good. good. Taylor Hearn is uh, yeah. the big lefty, right? Yeah. Hearn is, dude, he, he's got really nice looking stuff. He just can't go deep to save yeah, his life. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if he made it out of the fourth inning, but once. Yeah, um, I really I really think he's going to be a big help in this bullpen. And like when we were talking about the Astros, you got to have a good bullpen if you want to take that next step. And I obviously that's what we're building on next. We have our lineup, we have our starting rotation, and we have now we need to work on our bullpen. And you have those three guys that I mentioned are coming down, and then you have a Really, our bull, our our farm system arms are yes. spectacular. So we're going to be in really good, uh, really good place with our our pitching 
in these next I don't know however many years. Um, but yeah, I just I just wanted to say that Otto Dunning and Hearn, I'm really gonna be honing in on those guys in the bullpen this year. I really hope they get some time in there. So when I went when I went to watch the Rangers play the Astros in Arlington this past year, I had a doctor's appointment in in Plano, and so I went the night before, had a hotel room, and went to a game. I'm pretty sure Hearn started the game that I went to. And for the first three innings, he was really, wow. really good. And then all, <laughs> then he just fell apart, like you were saying. And yes. so um, maybe he that, that middle relief guy that only needs to get three outs, like he can, he can get you three outs. You just don't ask him oh, to yeah. get more than that, maybe. He's got, if you look at his stuff, it, it looks like a reliever stuff. I mean, he's got that fireball, that, or fireball fastball. Uh, I believe he is a good breaker. I, I can't remember exactly what it is, to be honest, because mostly whenever I think of Taylor Hearn, I'm thinking about his big fastball, his big frame, you know, making it, making it look good. Uh, I would like to touch on another thing about our pitchers. All of our starters this year, they're all in their 30s. And yeah. a year or so ago, or a little bit more than a year ago, if we did that, I, I would be more worried than I am now. Uh, because We've kind of got the farm to be able to do that, I think. Uh, I think we're going to draft another pitcher this year. Uh, I think it's going to be the Paul, Paul out of LSU. He's a two-way player, but he's, I think he's mainly a pitcher from what I've seen. Uh, he's got a really good fastball. I I don't think we've been able to say that we've had the farm system no. to be able to bring up these pitching prospects. But if you look at our farm system, we, we've got a couple good prospects in the pitching department. And I really think once these these guys end up getting older, we're going to be able to rotate the prospects in. Maybe not, probably not as smoothly as Houston has, because I mean you can't really tell a downgrade. I haven't been able to tell any downgrades every time that Houston moves up a new guy. But I think that we're soon going to be able to move up guys, and you're not going to be able to tell there's a big difference. Like, of course, you will with Degrom and one of our guys, but with just some of the other guys, you're not going to be able to tell that huge difference and. That's what we need to stabilize ourselves as a playoff to playoff contention team every year. So yeah, it's funny you mentioned about the sorry, no. It's funny you mentioned about the, the rotation ages because I just I was curious while you were talking about it. So like the average age of the five guys currently projected to be the, the five, the average age is thirty two. And then and you flip over to Houston and the average age is twenty seven. <laughs> it's yeah. just like God, um, they don't rotate those guys in, yeah. man. Uh, that's, that's every, you got to build that farm and be able to do that with with talent and produce yeah. talent. And, I mean, you you got you got uh, Jack Wider, Kumar Rocker, um, Owen White, Cole Wynn. I'm forgetting somebody. I know I am. And, and go ahead and throw um, Otto in that mix too. Like he could be, Otto, yeah. he could become a a, a starting pitcher again. We're, we're in a really good spot. Uh, I know it's it's because they're young guys, but. You look at it from a broad perspective. The Rangers are in a really good spot with their starting rotation, even pitchers in general. Honestly, yeah, it um, comes down to development, and then what will they do when the lights come on? Like you can have mm-hmm. the best ranked farm system in the world, but if they don't produce, it doesn't matter. And so, two three you know, years ago, I would not have been happy. Like even with this good farm system, I knew, or even with these good farm players, I would have known they would have been ruined by our coaches and our management, front office. Now, I think we're in a good spot. I, I really like the moves that our front office has made to go ahead and get these guys managed by different people. really think Bruce Bochy, or 
I, I don't know if I said that last yep. name right. I may have come. You got it. You got it. You got it. You got it. I, he's known, which I know Madison Bumgarner came in and absolutely shoved during the World Series runs. He's known for being able to manage a bullpen. We did not have that, and we have not had that for oh, a yeah. while. Um, I, I really, that's one of the main things I wanted to touch up on. Um, I'm, I'll make it quick, but um, like I said, I've been a Ranger fan for the longest. John Daniels, I believe, was carried by a really good team that he came in the, you know, I'm not really sure. I really don't want to butcher this because I know I'll have a lot of angry people at me. I'm not really sure when he came in, but when he did come in, I know we were good. You had your Prince Fielder. You had your Adrian Beltre. You had your Elvis Andrus when he was productive. You had a killer outfield. Um, and once you saw all these players leave and retire, you know, we trade them off. They go to free agency. You're left with that. And I think John Daniels had the opportunity to be like, hey, I'm a legitimate GM. I, I can do this. I can craft a team. And then I like Chris Woodward. He did not know how to manage a bullpen. He did not know how to manage a team. I liked him as a guy. He was not a good manager at all. And now he's back in L.A. Um, but I will say we pretty much cleaned house, if you will, with our uh, managing staff. Brian and Bruce Bochi, Bruce Bochi, sorry. Um, you bring in Mike Maddox, and that's really big, really big. A lot of people, I don't think, realize that, how big it is to bring in Mike Maddox. And then you bring in Greg Maddox as, you know, as a help this spring training. And, um, you know, Tony Beasley, everybody in Texas loves Tony Beasley. And then one of the big moves I liked, of course, was bringing in Ian Kinsler as a special assistant to the GM. And um, basically what, I, what I'm just rounding up to is the, the front office is a lot stronger. Chris Young, I'm in love with you, Chris Young. Thank you so much for coming and saving my, my team. Um, I, I, yeah, that's pretty much all I got to say. I love you, Chris Young. I, I love you. That was your love Chris you. Young Rangers jersey. It's on the way, man. <laughs> there, there you go. So, real quick, let's look at the DraftKings stuff and let's get out of here because we're past time. Uh, so, currently, the DraftKings has them as plus 4,500 for the World Series. Uh, they're about in the middle of the pack and in terms of their projection. Uh, I don't know if I want to go throw a thousand bucks on that, but if you do, you could get a nice little payday on it if it, if it hits and everything goes right. Uh, the West winner, they're at plus 850. And their regular season is over 82 and a half. So basically, are they a better than 500 team or are they under a 500 team? Uh, which, honestly, from where it's been, my the thing I've said since they signed DeGrom has been, okay, goal one is to be able to finish the year at 500. And then mm -hmm. goal two is, can we get a wild card spot? Can we push for a division crown? And so, to me, that's a, a pretty good line. Uh, I think you both have the over on that, right? I would assume. Yes. I think it's a really good line. I, it's tough. It really is because it could go a lot of ways, but just to bias him, I'm going to take the over. I, I'm going to take the over. I don't think uh, – I think it's going to be Texas and, and the Mariners kind of battling it out. We've said that before. I'll say it again. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I don't know that they're a lot over, but I think they're barely over that. Um which could be fun. And then obviously their MVP, the highest MVP uh, preseason is Corey Seager, uh, plus 2,000, ninth ranked for DraftKings. Uh, Cy Young, Jacob deGrom, plus 500 is the top ranked American League Cy Young projection for DraftKings. Uh, 
and then Josh Young plus twelve hundred top ten. So you know there there's some fun names and some fun storylines going on in in Texas, and it'll be fun to see you know come come trade deadline like is this team going to be buyers because they could become buyers at the trade deadline or they could become sellers as things go poorly. Like you really don't know, uh, but it'll be fun to see. Uh, I think there's a, a lot of fun stuff happening in Texas baseball. So I don't think my mental stability could take us being sellers at the trade deadline. Especially with me being an all Dallas guy, I mean, I don't pay attention to basketball that much, but Obviously, the Cowboys and then Texas. I've paid more attention to the Rangers than any other team in my life, and I got to witness those good teams in the in the two thousand tens. And now it's just been it's been a struggle, man. Struggle bus. It almost brings me to tears to see how good this team can be. So we'll has a has Pro Car been signed yet? No, I don't think so. Not that I know of. So. I have his rookie card. That, that a boy. Uh, Rangers, Rangers need to fix some calls to his agent. Go see see if the owner wants to dash out another 20 mil to Profar real quick. Profar is... I feel like if we add Profar to this lineup, that could be what... Hey, that could be the protection behind the Josh Allen. That's the protection. Like, yeah, that, that could be a good protection. move. But, uh, him, protection, maybe. Or got, if we could somehow lowball the Pirates for Reynolds. I would, <laughs> yeah, okay. We're, we got to cut this off. We're we're, we're going to just keep going and going. But uh, I think that's been a, a pretty good deep dive on both teams. Uh, pretty good look at where they're both at. Like I said earlier, it'd be fun to see if both teams in Texas can be good at the same time. That really hasn't been a thing for ever. Like really, did Aiden just leave? Didn't need to. Had <laughs> to exit out of the spreadsheet. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Oh, something this guy now. <laughs> All right. Well, that, I'm going to go ahead and stop the recording. Thank you guys for watching. So uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, our link tree is also going to be in the description with our uh, links to all social media accounts. We also have a contact form if you'd like to maybe reach out and give us your thoughts and opinions. Uh, I'd love to read those on on a podcast episode, maybe in the future. So. Uh, follow along with us. The MLB season starting up this week. We got spring training games this weekend. I will be watching the Astros play the Mets on Saturday in Florida. I will not be in Florida. I'll be at my house, but I will be watching that game. And uh, yeah, man, baseball's back. I'm excited. So we may need to uh, do a live of that. Me and you. I'm, I, down. I'm down. We can we can do something with that. Okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> you. I thought you worked that day. My bad. My hey. You know. Uh. So I know we're cutting it off. I was told to give a shout out to a, a former MLB pitcher and Texarkana Fox Sports Hall of Fame member and the father of our very own co-host Philip Norton. Shout out to you, man. All right. Y'all boys in the next episode. Let's do it. <laughs>